Lee Whitehorn, 44 years of age, father of two, married to Laura, siblings, Luke, Jay, Rachel and Jane. Uh, one father, two mums. That's me in a nutshell, footy coach. I that, look at myself as just the, the average, everyday, run-of-the-mill bloke. Why am I here today? Um, to talk about my diagnosis um, that I received, uh, not great with dates, but I'm going to say about six weeks ago. Um, and I was diagnosed uh, initially with a lesion, which I think is a nice word initially for a tumour or cancer. And I was diagnosed with a diffused glioblastema. All right. Welcome, everyone. Episode number 14. Number 14, I think I've got that right, of the C word. My name is Luke. I'm here with my brother, Lee. How you doing? Uh, yeah, good. Good. Um, <laughs> we had a, a bit of effort to get on this one. I think we've taken about 15 minutes so far to get ourselves sorted. But well, you fancy now? Get yourself a new microphone and everything? Yeah, I feel quite advanced. I mean, I'm still sitting in the bedroom doing this, um, trying to get... Um, everything balanced out well, um, <laughs> but I feel quite advanced that I actually had the ability to connect the microphone and for it to work. It's pretty much mm. for me. It's significant. So it's actually it's actually pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, how you doing? Uh, good. We, ha- we haven't caught up for a while, so this is a great catch up. Actually, there's actually a bit to catch up on now. So yeah. it's been a. It's been a good, indifferent um, last few weeks. So I think last time we caught up, I hadn't had my last MRI. Correct. Results, um, which came back and had my appointment um, with the oncologist. And you get different information from um, the oncologist as you do from the neurosurgeons because they're performing very different things. Mm. Um, obviously, the surgeons are the the ladies and men at the other end um, of the line making the really big decisions about whether or not they go, okay, we need to go in and cut your head open and do this and uh, so forth. Uh, and then your oncologist balances out your, um, your medication and your basic reporting, I guess, as to... Mm. Um, whether or not you're symptomatic. So, um, yeah, I came back and he said, look, initially, um, obviously I've had that cyst that's sitting there mm-hmm. um, and it's been there for quite a while um, since before we left Brisbane and, mm-hmm. and moved to Adelaide. And, um, yeah, sat down and spoke with him about that and he said, look, your tumour um, is shrinking uh, like the main body of it shrinking, um, but your cyst is bigger than it was previously. Now, lots of people can sit with cysts for ever in their yeah. head. It's just a, a fluid sack, effectively. Um, but with mine, there's a little concern that they have now that the tumour, because it's diffused and has its little spider legs going everywhere, that it's actually starting to, or there's a part that's trying to wrap around the cyst, if that makes sense. So tumour is? Uh, yeah, because when it grows, it grows like a spider's web. Like, 
the okay. type that I've got grows like a spider's web. It's not, you know, it doesn't just grow in a singular shape, like one mass. It's, mm. it spreads, yeah. which is why it's an inoperable um, tumour. So initially they said um, at some point you'll have to get your cyst drained, but until yeah. you become symptomatic, we'll leave that. Anyway, our appointment today was pretty quick and lights quick and painless. Um, and I'd spoken with the um, the surgeon um, well over a week ago, and and he just said, "Yeah, look, we think it's um, just symptomatic of your treatment and the fact that it was very aggressive treatment. Um, we just want to monitor the cyst, but we will book you in for another MRI in six weeks, but it'll be slightly different." So. Um, I can't go into any depth on it because I don't have the expertise and I don't. I wouldn't dare to even step in that space. But to my knowledge, MRIs can be done. There's a whole range of things that they can look for in an MRI. They can go for your basic model and go, right, we just need to look at this. Um, or they can go look at something and go, okay, well, we need to look at this from a hundred different angles so that they can formulate uh, a far more sound plan rather okay. than going, okay, if we need to do some surgery, um, they're not just going in there and not knowing what they're looking yeah. at. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, so went in and, and had that done and he came back and then said, yeah, look, we'll just monitor the cyst, but you're going to have another MRI in six weeks and we're going to have a look at that. Um, as far as your tumour, that's reducing, so that's good. But the cyst, um, you know, it takes up space in your brain, which you don't necessarily have. Um, there's, I've probably got a lot of friends that would argue I've got a lot of space in my brain. <laughs> but, um, uh, but obviously, you know, we've spoken about that before. Your, your brain's surrounded by your skull, and that is not um, something that can just change size when you wanted yeah. to accommodate this sort of thing. So today when we went in, he said, look, the team, the, the multidisciplinary team have uh, like, you know, had a little bit more of a, a look and, and it'll be highly dependent on my next scan as to what they do. But um, depending on how it looks, they may go in and actually do some surgery post that to remove, okay. to remove the cyst. Okay, right. So, so hang on, just so we can get it into order. So you, a couple of weeks ago, you went and had the MRI. You yep. had the feedback about a oh, week or so ago. Uh, a couple of days ago. after the MRI. A couple of days after that. And that mm -hmm. was where they initially identified tumors reduced, cyst is still large, it might still be wrapping. Did they give you that information then? or And then you're saying today you went in for a, a follow-up. Just the uh, standard appointment meeting. with the oncologist today. Ah, copy. Just okay. the standard right. on, uh, oncology. So was there anything new today other than the fact nah. that they were... Okay, so today was just more around we're going to continue to monitor, do another six weeks, and then decide whether or not we... Correct. Like, they, they might do it in six weeks and go, nah, not, we're not going to touch it. Their, yeah. their idea is the longer they have to plan the next course of action then the greater it, it is for, for both sides um, yeah. in terms of they can plan better, 
They're far more aware of what they need to do, what could occur, all of that sort of stuff. Um, so, yeah, he said, look, um, just, I guess, be prepped for that. They might come back after the scan and go, we're going to book you in and we're going to have a resection, which is what it's called, um, which is common if you've got a cyst in there or you've got a tumour that they can access. Um, I, I guess the one positive part, if there is a bit of the tumour attached to um, the cyst and they can remove the cyst, then they might get a little bit of the tumour. So a positive there. Um, it was one of those, uh, as everybody, I guess, going through something like this, regardless of your level of positivity and enthusiasm and so forth, every now and then your tyres just take a little bit of a get deflated and you've got to find a way to pump them back up again. And, um, yeah. you know, I'll generally live by that same rule that I've used for coaching. It's... I'm going to be grumpy about something that's significant. It's a 24-hour rule, um, and then I'll, I'll move on. But I, I'm getting far better at going, uh, taking that step much quicker and going, okay, well, that's some significant news that I might have to have surgery in the near future. Mm. But then when I look at it, I think, if they can go in and remove the cyst, I'm happy. Because it's something that shouldn't be in there that's gone mm. um, and will relieve any pressure that potentially may build in that space. Um, and then, you know, the hope is that the tumour continues to track um, in the manner in which it's, it is at the moment, which is reducing. So um, the difficult part for me and getting my head around all of this is... Everything, particularly with brain cancer, because there's so little known, I guess, about it compared to every other cancer, um, is that you, you're dealing with doctors that are dealing with new things and different things all the time that they mm. don't have mm. solid, concrete answers for and takes a lot of, I guess, high-level decision-making and consideration of outcome and impact on um uh, on on life etc so so i was a little bit today going in and then him saying you know hearing okay well don't be surprised if this occurs after your next appointment um so the good thing is it's after christmas so i can at least <laughs> get through christmas and enjoy christmas um and then go from there but uh, then I don't know with the stupid confidence that I have in myself I feel like I'll probably get there and it will start fixing itself or I'll still be in a position where I can manage it I don't know it's probably a little awesome. bit um, egotistical or arrogant maybe I don't know I'm not sure but no look you're just being optimistic I think at the end of the day you've only got kind of your attitude at this point you don't know you know you, there's so many different variables and you don't know what the ultimate kind of what it will be in six weeks time so I guess there's not much you can do. You can kind of take on the facts and then just day by day until then and then see what the outcome is. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's where it was today, uh, today I guess. So it was... Um, it what was, frustrates you the most about it? Like what's annoyed you the most? 
in terms of when you oh. say you get that, that annoyance for it. Are you just tired? I, I mean, everyone... I'm not saying just tired, but you know what I mean? Like, it's been a long journey. Well, for, you know. I'm expecting it to be a couple of years. That's my... My expectation yeah, right. is that it's probably going to take a couple of years to get to the point where it doesn't exist um, in my head um, any longer. So... And, and again, I've said a number of times, the people that I've seen that are, you know, should be considered success stories and have lasted for, you know, long periods of time, it seems that they've all taken that sort of time frame around a couple yeah. of years for it to disappear. And it's then whether or not, I guess, you've got the um, the body and the mind to hold it off um, yeah. before it comes back for a... Um, a second go or maybe it maybe it doesn't like I said there's a number of examples out there where they're 15 17 and up to 20 years um, and it's still still going still fine mm. so um, you always look at that and go yeah that's the that's what you're aiming for and what you want um, and I'm sure everyone that's gone through that has had a couple of years of right just need to be prepared for every now and then for your tyres to get deflated a little bit and then it's a matter of finding a way to get them pumped back up again and just get on with business because that's literally all you can do. There is no other way to look at it. So um, not that it's a significantly negative thing, like that. You know, I didn't sit down this morning and it was dire and horrible. It was more that um, you might have to have this done soon. I'm like, okay, no worries. That's... Um, Let's get it done if we need to get it done. Um, it's a pretty quick turnaround. Um, yeah, I was going to say, what does the procedure look like? Um, well, effectively, um, they cut your head open. and um, <laughs> Does it take long? Are you in hospital for long? Oh, look, I'd imagine. Do, do they remove the smart ass out of you at the same time? Or is no, it just, no. Uh... <laughs> no, no, no. It's, that's located deep. I can't access that. Um, <laughs> I look at... I, I'd imagine for anything to do with the brain um, that certainly not quick surgeries. Mm. Um, it, I'd imagine it would be a few hours um, of work being But he didn't there. go through it all with you, did he? He just obviously said there might be something. No, might, it okay. still might not happen. They still might not do it. Yeah. Again, a lot of what they do is symptomatic, like, you know, are you symptomatic? Um, mm. Do you have any of the con- you know areas of concern and um, and then they act a bit quicker and that's all just based on what they see from me and what I tell them. So, um, but with this and them taking a much deeper look um, in a few weeks um, in terms of the MRI, I think that's where at the next level, that MDT that I've spoken about a few terms, that multidisciplinary team, which is mm-hmm. all of the doctors, all of the the. Um, cancer doctors I guess that sit down and look at it and and discuss it and everybody's done undertaken different procedures treated different patients had similar so there's a lot of that information sharing questioning um, what's being done at the moment with them are there any examples that exist currently here in Australia around the world what are they doing what's happening so there's a lot of thought and discussion that goes along with it which is the good part it's not mm-hmm. just like going to the doctor and one person making a decision and going, 
yep, no, we're going to cut that left finger off today because um, I don't know what else to do, but I've decided. So, um, Fair enough. You know, you've got a multiple uh, team. So, so it was a little bit of that, and I left, and, yeah, I was a little bit flat to a degree yeah. Um, yeah. when we left, but it um, doesn't take long before you're sort of, um, you know, running into the store to buy yourself a microphone for the podcast, then you go... <laughs> You know what? Just bought myself a little microphone. I feel hundred percent better now. So <laughs> nothing, nothing bit of retail therapy won't fix for anyone, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, so yeah, so that was that was it. Other than that, nothing's sort of um, changed in um, in that space. Um, I haven't had any any other headaches or anything new pop up. So. Yeah, I was going to say. So still presenting the same. That's obviously yep. why they're yep. monitoring it and happy with where it's at. Yeah. Yep, that's exactly right. So um, the rest of it, I'll just leave up to the experts and then um, when they're ready to do whatever they need to do, they'll go and do it and there certainly won't be any arguments from me because uh, I'm not an expert in that space. I'll just be treated and followed by the experts. So, But everything else is going um, going really well. So we're nice and settled awesome. here now, which is good. Um are you still happy with your move? Are you still glad that you're down there, that you, yeah. you followed that gut instinct and wanting to, to be down in that space? Yeah, I, I am. Again, I miss um, I miss all of you guys um, a lot. Um, yeah. But uh, like I said before, it's just that part of the world down here where it's, it's just slow and peaceful. <laughs> um, and we're 150 meters. I'm sure that's what everyone, sure that's what everyone in Adelaide listening right now wants to hear. The dynamic city of Adelaide, slow and peaceful. Yeah, but this is where I guess, you know, it's the same as Queensland, I guess. You'll have different spots that... Um, yeah, Queensland, yeah, depends so, where you are. It's very much. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And here, you know, you can go out to um, the eastern suburbs to the parade and Nord and through there and everything's, you know, where dynamic edgy it's you know all the best restaurants etc etc and then you come down to uh, where i am along the peninsula and people are far you know it's just um it's far more simple i guess in the approach to um to life and people are all into their sport and generally really connected as a community and support each other and that sort of stuff so and the kids are loving it the kids are really enjoying um their daycare and Max's kindy. We've we have to order his school shirts, which jeez, um, nearly made me cry. Yeah, <laughs> where did that go? <laughs> oh, I just looked at him and thought, what's ha- what's happening? What's happening to my little man? To he's going to be for three days a week next year because of his age and where he falls, he'll be doing. Um, like it's like a prep for school, um, I mm. guess. So, where he'll do three days a week of actual school, where he'll have to get dressed in his school gear and go to a specific class where the kids that are going into that year level um, reception the the following year. So, it's good because he gets a lead in and he gets some awareness um, around it. Um, and he's yeah, like I said, really blended in well. We went through his Christmas. Um, show the other night um, just myself and, and Max and it was good because he's like oh there's my friend that's Max um, but he's not Max W he's Max F 
on a mic. Okay, okay good. Um, good, good. Good clarification. Thank you. <laughs> you know, and then Charlie and a couple of others and, um, and you know, met a few parents and um, the kids yeah. all had to play and Santa Claus, you know, rolled up and um, dished out some presents and uh, got a couple little pieces of Lego to put together, which Dad attempted to do when he got home that night. And I swear Lego used to be much easier. You just got... <laughs> You just got a few different shapes and you build stuff now. There's all moving parts with inside them and you're like, it was never this hard. Remember I had that whole chest. I had an enormous chest just full of Lego. It was simple. I used to make cities while you're there. But yeah, now you look at it and it's like they've got intricate details and little features and people. And yeah, it was much easier when it was all just square. (laughs) It it certainly uh, frustrated me the other night when I was... um, (laughs) Uh, putting it together and um, I had to refrain from the profanities because between the two of them they pick up on them very quickly and um, little Jack is just progressing at a rapid rate of knots with his speech Um, uh, and his behaviours and so forth and really fitting in well and and then outside of that um, I think I said before I had my first couple of training sessions with with, um, the group this week and I was pretty nervous about that to be honest oh yeah how'd it go uh, really good, really good. The bunch of guys that I'm coaching with are, are great. They're a really good team. Awesome. Um, no one's there just purely for the sake of saying I'm a, I'm a coach. Yeah, right. Which is a pet hate of mine, like because yeah. it's it's quite a demanding role and it's one that you need to be, you need to have the right skill set to to execute. Um, and they're really supportive of me because they understand what um, I'm sort of. Uh, going through all, all the, there's probably about six lads that are still there that were there when I last coached, which was oh, there ten years ago probably. But uh, I felt really good after both sessions, and I've had some good feedback from the boys, awesome. which yeah. has been really really good, and and it's been great for my headspace just to get back into footy and um and to educate and. And just do something a little bit different. So um, that part has been uh, really, really good. So um, amazing. Well, you're forward. back in service. You know, you're helping people and developing people and doing those good things. So I think you, naturally it's got really positive effects on the on the mind and on the body. Uh, yeah. Um, and then I've had. I think we've spoken. Possibly. Laura, my wife, is currently. You know, she's always on the search for positive. Um, uh, situations or individuals that are going through something similar yep. um, and whenever she finds something she will make me aware of it because she knows that I don't go searching for that stuff um, so quite often she'll, she'll search and she'll go oh, you should see this family or this lady or this guy or Mm. And and there's a, a lad, Matt Williams, his name is, um, and he's um, really popular, actually. Like, he's got a significant following. Um, he's, I think his Instagram might be something like um, Willie Beats Cancer. And he's got a Facebook page and, and so forth, and um, he's doing really well. He's a couple of years into it. He's a former Defence Force. He's now running... From what I know, um, his own uh, business works for himself in terms of, um, I guess, don't want to just say it's motivational speaking, but it's probably something in that 
in that space that he's doing. And um, I reached out to him and and said uh, he lives actually not too far away. Um, reached out yeah. and said, look, we're really similar in terms of um, where our tumours are and what they look like. Um, I know you're a really busy man, but would you like to catch up and and uh, and just have a coffee and a chat? Because it's I like speaking to people that have that have always got a solution or a positive mm. outlook or are looking to contribute um, somewhere within their community. And I know we've spoken about it a few times with me. And what am I going to do next? And and I, it's where one of my downsides that I get lost because I'm like I don't I don't know. Um, mm. I don't know how to take the next step of do I go and do something and um, and start my own business where I can undertake some motivational speaking or uh, you know youth development or, or something like that. So I've I've always struggled in having the confidence, I guess, in that space to make a decision and go go and do that. Um, mm. This guy's doing it successfully now, so I'm catching up with him at some stage. Awesome, yeah. And I've just found him on uh, Instagram. It's Willie Beating Cancer. Willie dot Beating dot Cancer is yep. what he's done. It's Matt Williams. Yeah. Uh, if anyone is listening and wants to follow, or if Matt, if you uh, happen to hear about this, um, we'd be great to even you know after you guys have a chat, it'd be awesome to get him on and have a um, have a chat as well to hear his story and to see um, kind of what he's been through and and any kind of tips, advice, you know thoughts whatever he might have yeah oh, look, I, I, initially i'm just i'm certainly just going to catch up with him just from a on a personal level to just no 100 um, percent, yeah, because yeah. there's a lot of similarities that I, I look at between the two of us in terms of our the way that we look at things and the way that we we speak and um and i guess for him a lot of his approach to life will come from his experiences within the defense force um, mm. and, and how to approach things. And um, and for me, I'm you know, interested in sitting down and going, how did you take that next step and go from uh, being in the Defence Force to now having your own speaking mm. um, business where you go out and speak to organisations about development, about resilience, about... Um, I think it's like anything though, isn't it? Like you're just thinking about it from where do I take that next step? Which by the way, I think you kind of like, you don't even need the pressure of thinking, what do you do next? But I appreciate the thought pattern because the reality is that's what what all of us do, right? We all kind of have these inklings to want to do something more, what that might look like. How do you take that next step? And I guess it's a matter of um, figuring out your own methodology, you know, what is kind of, what is that calling? Um, and then, how do I turn it into an, an action or a service and then just give it a crack? And I think the hardest part is exactly that. It's just giving it a crack, just going, I'm just going to do it. And if it doesn't work, it's fine. And I actually, my personal view on this, because we obviously do a lot of work around the purpose and culture piece is um, I think we've, we've, we've all become too fixated on this concept of fame or needing to be seen for this thing that we do. Um, and I think that is the point that pulls us back a lot. I know, you know, sometimes it's the overthinking that, that goes with it or, or the thought of if I start this, well, you know, is it going to be as big of a deal as I thought it was going to be? And actually it's, it's, that has nothing to do with it. You know, like, like even like doing this podcast, 
the aim for this one was for you and I to have a conversation, for you to be able to have an outlet, to be able to talk through your experience. And then, hey, if we happen to help one person along the way who hears a bit of information that they apply to their life and go, wow, that was really helpful, then tick, we've done our job. But I think, you know, like anything, it's that panic of what if I try it and it doesn't meet this pitched expectation in my head I actually think forget that expectation it's just a matter of going I just need to get doing and in what way can I start doing you know for me I look at it and go you're already on here talking therefore you're already one step closer to if that was your view of wanting to to speak and do whatever you're already doing it so tick that's step one so next two would next step would be well how do I want to apply this story where do I want to apply it and I think that applies to everyone right in in everything that they do we look too big and too far and too too much beyond when actually if we just draw back a little bit and look at our immediate surroundings and look at our immediate community and where all the needs are there's so much that can be done but what is the expectation that we we we're driving from or or moving towards I should say yeah and Completely agree with that, and I don't have any expectation of uh, of of wealth or fame in that space because it just <laughs> it just wouldn't suit me anyway. Um, no, I mean I'm talking blanket here. I'm not talking you specific on that one, but yes, yeah, no, no, or no. at least going, am I going to make enough of an impact, or what am I going to talk about, or you know, I think people underestimate the value of their story. You know, that's the beauty of what Jay does with this, um, you know, with Podshape, for instance, is helping yep. to people, helping people to share their their story and how stories shape who we are and what we do, and um, and I think yeah, people underestimate it. It's almost like you just gotta just gotta get going. Oh, I absolutely agree. And look, we had mm. uh, Laura is involved with a couple of groups um, that are part, and I think we've spoken about this before, that are are partners of people that are going through, uh, you know, a similar um, disease, illness, uh, as I'm going through. Mm. Um, And she's speaking to them because she wants to speak to people that are going through the same thing and that are positive. Again, she's not about engaging with the negative side of things she just wants to be involved with people that are positive and how are you doing because obviously it's an enormous impact on her and i think we've spoken Mm. about this before as well that um i think we quite often underestimate that the person going through the illness is they're aware of what's happening and how they're feeling and 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 progressing the people that aren't suffering the illness um or the disease are in a constant or could be in a constant state of just worry and stress. Um, so her sort of outlet, I guess, is speaking to people that are in a positive space. And she's been speaking with on a number of different people, but they're a family actually in Brisbane. Um, and I won't mention their names, but the young family in Brisbane that are just starting to go through their treatment. And the husband was... Um, trying to get his head around it, I suppose. Like, how do I approach this? Uh, and after Laura speaking to the wife, and she was like, oh, so what does your husband do? And then they spoke about the C word, and she said, look, have a listen, but it might be something that, that helps. Now these guys, what they do is they listen to a, one of the episodes before they go to um, any of their treatments. So oh, that's nice. just that one little couple, it puts them in the frame of mind of, I'm just listening to somebody that's current, relevant, I guess, going through this um, with the mindset that they want to engage with and have. 
um, and it gets him ready for his for his treatment for his radiotherapy and then his chemo and his um, and so for me that's a win that's nice that's good that's it's really it feels mm. really good to know that even if it's just one couple they're actually taking something from this and they're approaching it differently and um, not to say that they wouldn't do that anyway but it's quite easy it's a slippery slope if you take you know the turn on the left and you go downhill and you just are negative then it's a really slippery and very quick um, process but if you go the other way where you're prepared for not the fight the journey um, and you're prepared to bounce up after having an average day or an average appointment with the doctor um, then these things uh, help so from that perspective it's it's nice and we've had a few like that and it's been really good it's actually been from that process it's really good to know that other people are um, listening and, and learning and, and, and getting some stuff uh, from it Beautiful. so yeah. yeah, exactly. And it's, uh, that's it at the end of the day. It's just about service, I think. I think we underestimate the power of it. And um, and it's not the matter of like using it as the, the driving force, but there's something wonderful that when you are of service and you know that you're, you're benefiting and helping people in a way that you can't even really comprehend, um, I just think there's such value to it as well. So, no, that's beautiful. Really nice. Yeah. Um, I thought now that we are uh, towards the end of our year and it's been, you know, it's been a bit of a, it's been a challenging year. There's been some, um, you know, a few ups and downs. <laughs> um, what, I, what I do is, you know, we get to the end of the year and we like to uh, normally, you know how Borja and I would normally do our, um, our word for the year when we have this little thing where we oh, talk about what was the word for the year. I'm not going to do it to you because I know between you and Sam, I think you and Sam are the two that don't like this. But what I thought I would do is, uh, maybe run through a couple of questions with you to kind of, I don't know, reflect back a little bit. It's a great time to kind of reflect and see where we're at and mm-hmm. where we're going forward. Um, so I'm going to ask you just a couple of questions before we wrap up. Is that okay? That's okay. Is that one Amazing. of the questions? That's that's one of now four questions. Okay. It was going to be three. That was four. That was the first one. Okay. <laughs> <There> we <go. laughs> I won't ask any more unless they're direct. Um, right. So from this year this might seem like an obvious one or it might seem like a big one or whatever, but make it as articulate and as succinct as you want. What have you learned about yourself this year? What are like, even if it was like two or three things, if there was a, a range of them, but what have you learned about yourself? Um, I, I guess I've learned the most that the strength that I carried before this occurred uh, wasn't fake. It wasn't false. It might sound funny, but there's a lot of people with that use big words and uh, promote really well and um, push messages and so forth. And but you don't know what those individuals are like and whether or not mm. it's because you can access information and, and 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 great stuff from the internet now to talk about people on how they should manage their lives. And look at things and it's the one skill that I've always been I guess confident in that um, I've had strength within myself to get through whatever I need to whatever's in front of me um, and do it in a positive manner and so for me I feel I've done that thus far mm. um, so I've learnt that about myself that yeah it wasn't fake um, that it is real and that I am capable in that space and I'm good in that space and so it's quite reassuring um, mm. from that space. I hope that makes sense to 
No, it's lovely. I like that. I was just reflecting on the thing. It's true that people, you know, you think you've got a, a level of inner strength and then when you're tested, it's like, well, now we're really going to see it. You know, we can all we can all be talking. I think you've kind of demonstrated that throughout, especially throughout, you know, this half of the year where you've, you know, you've ultimately said, I've, I've always said this, but actually I'm going to live up to my talk. Um, mm. And uh, and I think that's, that's kind of evident. So, okay, your strength, amazing. Well, then my second question was... <laughs> What strengths, obviously you said that the strengths, I was, this is my next one though, but what strength have you found out about yourself that you didn't know you had? So you said you've got, you, you knew you had your strength there and you kind of leaned on it. Maybe I don't know if this makes it redundant now, but I was thinking, what strength did you find out that you actually didn't know you had? Or maybe, well, try that, try that question first before I rejig it. Um, or in what I area I think did you have strength that you didn't know you had? I think the strength to um, to switch off um, when I need to, if that makes sense. This is something that you can carry. Um, you can carry with you everywhere if you if you want. You can have sleepless nights and um, and all of that sort of stuff. But I've been able to manage that side of it really well. Like I haven't had sleepless nights. Um, I've been pretty good in that space. So I don't know if that makes sense or not because it's, it is a, the mind's a funny thing and you can quite often let it take over at certain points and keep you awake or keep you thinking. Hmm. But I know for me, a critical thing in terms of managing my body and my and my mind, um, and my physical well-being is my sleep. Mm-hmm. It's it's king in sort of in managing the body and giving itself time to heal. And I know how important that is. Mm. So I've been quite proud of myself in that space. Amazing. Um, yeah. So can sleep through it. Uh, yeah, which you <laughs> no, but do you know what? If you hadn't been like, that's the interesting part. Actually, you raise a good point. If you hadn't been, Lord knows what state you'd been in, you know. And on top of that, your brain needs it. Like, if it's going to heal, it absolutely <laughs> it needs to does. be able to have the mind calm and to to go to sleep. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully yeah. that answers the, the question. It's probably a bit of a left of center, but anyway, that's right. Where did you? Uh, so where did you most struggle that you didn't expect you would? <sighs> Oh, feeling relevant and useful. <laughs> I know. Oh, I okay. I'm, I'm not working. Um, it's hard, huh? Yeah, it's hard because you feel I've got, I've got a family, and mm. um, and without sounding like a stereotypical Aussie male, I've, that's you know one of the things that you want to do is provide and. Um, and I guess that's where we've been really lucky with the initial GoFundMe page is that it's actually given us that flexibility to not have to force myself into, you know, go against the doctors and say, no, I have to go to work. Um, I've had the ability and I've been really humbled by that, I guess. But again, in helping with me get better having that time to rest the body and rest the mind and connect with my kids and my wife 
I've been quite spoiled actually in that mm. space. We've had quite a few months now of us just being a family without too many other pressures and it's I know it sounds silly but it's really nice like we've had lots of days at the beach where at any other point we'd have to be you know at work do, mm. you know, doing something and I, I can't take the kids to the beach and you can't go and do this you pick them up at 5.30 and then you get home and you chuck some dinner into them and next thing you know they're tired and they're in bed and what have you done with them today how, how much time have you spent with them how connected are you with them and I've been I've been incredibly lucky in that space but it's been really hard too because I want to be active and I want to work um, and I know that will come and it's just a matter of being patient and listening to the experts but it's been hard in that space Mm, absolutely i mean it's yeah it's such grace that you get this support and this time and the opportunity to heal but um yeah i think there is that that very human part of you and you know that that part that wants to to work and to move and to you know (laughs) to your point be relevant in that way i think it's a really good choice of word because that's what happens when you are out and about and in the community but i think it's 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 absolute grace that you get the uh, opportunity to to heal which is what you've been doing. Yep, so yeah, so so that's probably, yeah, that hopefully covered that point, so. Beautiful. Last one, and then we're going to wrap up. Who Mm -hmm. inspired you the most this year? It was was a challenging year, but who inspired you the most? Including Jay with his face right here. (laughs) You can cut that. (laughs) I'm going to be really corny. Um, There's... Oh, like there's lots of different people. No, you've just got to choose one. But I would have to say um, that it's my wife. That um, yes, I knew you would. I knew I was like going, come on, I feel this. And I'm I'm not saying that because she's standing next to me with a gun. Um, (laughs) I thought that was a knife blade that was sitting right near your neck there. I'm I'm saying that because I can't imagine being in her space. Like I know what is going on, and I know what I'm in control of, and I. She's in a space of no control. Um, I just can't imagine being in that space where I can't can't change anything. What can I do? What she has done is got us here to Adelaide, set the house up. She's always looking at ways to make my day or my week that bit better. Whether it's just going to the beach or bringing me my favourite roll spicy chicken roll home or or whatever it might be or just telling me that she's proud which means quite a lot um, mm. so she's been really significant in that space um, and then you know the rest of my family and you know sort of falling behind that probably you'd be really close to that because of what we've done here in this space that has made my year, it's kept me connected, it's filled that space of purpose that if I didn't do this with you and Jay that I'd probably feel void to a degree in that space. But I've been able to hear from people that have connected to this and have 
taken positive outlooks and attitudes and um you know and a different approach to the way that they're going about this sort of stuff so yeah be be yourself as well definitely my my wife i'm incredibly proud of what i couldn't agree more i think she's been amazing uh, I think we all underestimate it too, to your point. I had a conversation last night. I was out with Stace, had dinner with Stace, Beth's nice. mom. She's listening. Stace. Went to Simply Duo, still got the exact same uh, spring rolls. Yeah. Exact same spring rolls. Anyway, sitting there having a conversation, talking about the C word. And, uh, and Stacey had lost her husband many years ago to, to cancer. And, uh, and yeah, we're having a conversation about what it's like to be the partner of and just the challenges that come with that. And, um, and, yeah, like literally many of the points that you've raised here is exactly similar to what she expressed. And I think um, it's immediately overlooked and, and understandably, you know, you're obviously going through the, the treatment and, and, and are dealing with it, but you are intimately connected with that individual. And, um, and I think they therefore have to deal with every bloody part of you, you know. Um, we, we may get invaded in a second, uh, Max. Oh, you're about to have children. He's just uh, invaded the room. Um, hey, look what I got, Uncle Luke. <laughs> Show me. <laughs> um, Amazing. The ball, the, ball, the ball goes here, and then guess what happens? You tip it down, you go like this. And then the ball flies away, doesn't it? It's amazing. Beautiful. I think um, just to support what you're saying there from Beth's um, mum... Uh, and that perspective is that I think the expectation from um, anybody is that the partner is there to support and do whatever is required. It's really easy to look at that and go, well, that's your job. You're the wife or you're the husband. That's your job. Yeah, it might be, but it's not something that they expected to do. It's not Mm. or to undertake. Um. And some might go the other way. And yeah, well, absolutely. Do, and there have what, been some that have. Yeah, yeah, why do I have to do this? Why has this mm. happened to me? And I know those thoughts run through uh, her mind every now and then of why has this happened, not to her, but why has it happened to me? Because mm. that's her care and concern is always me and how I'm feeling. And then for me, I look at her and I just think... Uh, like she'll catch me looking at her every now and then and be like, why are you smiling? What have I, what have, what have I done? And I'm like, and I'll say it and she'll it, sometimes not believe it is that I'm just incredibly proud of you and the way that you've supported me this year so far. And she doesn't understand the strength that she gives me. Um, and I'm really blessed and lucky to have a partner like that because a lot don't. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it's a big shout out to those who are maybe listening, who are the partner of anyone going through this and and kind of the strength I'm sure you have to muster and and how you have to show up every day. So um, I agree. I think Laura's doing an incredible job and I think you are doing an amazing job and you're an inspiration for all of us listening along and for even myself who get to have this conversation with you every few weeks. And we really appreciate you sharing your story and uh and and allowing us to kind of come on the journey and learn with you so um yeah i think as we kind of wrap up for for that for the year we'll come back with a, another episode in the new year once we've had the follow-up mri and we get some more and, and if you have anyone who's going to come on and and have some more conversations which would be great and uh and then we'll keep the c word instagram 
ticking over anyway in the interim. Yeah, I'm going to have to get myself actually uh, busy in that space. I think I've been quite <laughs> quite redundant. I might even actually have to join Instagram. Instagram. And rely on my wife. <laughs> well, to no. undertake let's just leave it. Let's just leave this one with Laura. All right. Let's not. Let's not try that. What, you say, what is that? You're really saying that I'm not Kate? No, you're right. Actually, if I got on Instagram, God knows, I'd probably do what my dad does on Facebook and just has a normal conversation. Like actually on Facebook. In the feed. In yeah, the feed. Yeah, instead yeah. of going to this exactly. there's messenger you can do that privately. Yeah. Yeah, no. We're aware of your kind, so yeah. no, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, happy holidays to everyone. <laughs> Have a wonderful festive break and uh, we'll see you in the new year. Absolutely.